Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon and I'm joined by two beautiful men down here in the great city of Tampa, Florida. Andy Barons. Thank you, sir. I'm and, feeling beautiful. And Dalton Del Don. I thought you were clearly talking about producer Brett over here. Well, Brett, we, for, for those, we'll pe- peel back the curtain here. We're, we're in Tampa. <laughs> uh, obviously, you're listening to this the week before the Super Bowl. Uh, we, we have pre-taped this a week in advance. Really, Pro Bowl week, baby. Yeah, it's Pro Bowl week. We're gonna give, we'll get to our in-depth Pro Bowl DFS breakdown later in the show, but skills challenge tonight. Skills skills challenge, but for what we're dealing with right now, we are just literally podcasting in Brett's hotel room. Brett is fully under the covers, may or may not be wearing pants as we're recording right now. So this is a very intimate show. <laughs> for legal reasons, I can't confirm or deny if I'm wearing pants or not. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. But anyways, you know, obviously we're we're still here at the aftermath really of the FSTA conference, the fantasy sports and gaming association breaking oh, that's news. Right. We're not change. even the FSTA anymore. Yeah. We changed. We changed names. Big stuff has happened. I went to one and a half days of the concert or conference. <laughs> uh, Liz is flying back on her private jet jet to LA right now, of course. Uh, so I, I'm just here hosting this podcast. And like I said, we will get to our in depth DFS Pro Bowl breakdown later. But for now, what are you guys' thoughts on on the conference? Do you do you feel what do you, what are your big takeaways? You know, gossip rumors the hot goss as usual andy Barron stole the show <laughs> pretty much anywhere i'd go people were talking about him you know you we, we robbed of analyst of the year award but yeah it's pretty much andy Barron's here and andy Barron's there obviously my uh critically important kicker piece was the was the talk of the industry over the last few days no it's pretty like it's I, i've been going to these for a long time i've probably been i don't i don't know if this is my 10th this is yeah, my you're really something old. like that i am it very is. old i've been going to these for uh quite a while it is nice that we actually get like content people here now um that did not used to be the case it used to be like heads of companies um we'd have an award ceremony and peter shanky would just go up and accept everything on behalf <laughs> of his writers and there was just no like you know yahoo would send a couple writers and espn would send a couple writers and that was it but now it's really become a thing where like the Roto World guys show up and and you know, we were hanging out with Scott Barrett last night, right? right? Like it's nice to actually interact with other people who do our jobs. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You get to see all these people that you just tweet at all day, right. and like now you're seeing the living embodiments of their actual human form rather than just words on a screen or people you watch in videos. And yeah, it's it's a cool bonding experience, and it's also cool. Yeah, I mean, we won some awards. That's cool. Uh, did it they was. Talk it was a nice little haul. Yeah, for, we got yeah, a we got. Yeah like product awards we got 
analyst awards. We got fantasy football awards for for fantasy football. I have great stuff. No, all no shocker, we did not win a podcast award. No, but hey. nevertheless, <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm right in this room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all your fault, not our faults, of course. I'm yeah. like Bradley Cooper, snubbed for the best director <laughs> award. We did get nominated, which is nice. But. That was nice. Yes, but the one thing really that I took away from being present at all the conference events um, was that like <laughs> sports betting, sports gaming, all that is going to be a big focus of the industry going forward. So yeah. um, I know all of our guys, I mean, you, you psychos have been laying down fricking bets all weekends on things, um, you know, college basketball, this stuff that I don't understand. So I think we talk about the future is bright for us here at Yahoo. We're going to be talking about this stuff all the way going forward. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah, it makes sense. It certainly seems that that's where it's headed. And for degenerates like me, I mean, I love it. But I still have my fingers crossed. Cause it almost seems too good to be true. But I know I don't think you guys are too into gambling, Andy. You don't. you probably don't. Um, most of the most of the gambling that I do are, are like I I like futures bets, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like showing up at the start of a season and uh, like but frustratingly enough, I had the I had the Saints at 11 to one to win the NFC. Right. Like I always like playing those bets. I don't. I'm not a big day-to-day better, game-to-game better. No. Yeah, I mean, not like Brad or anything, but one thing Brad likes is like the player props, which I really like too. Love I think it. yeah. From, I think he was telling me that this is the first year that like player prop bets will actually have exceeded spreads, totals, and and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if I, I mean, Brad said it, so who knows if it's true, but I think that makes a lot of sense for why I think fantasy and gambling will start to merge into one because – that's, I mean, predicting player performance, that's what we already do. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, a lot of gambling analysis, I guess what I read out there is is not the same as like what is happening in fantasy, you know, with matchup-based stuff like, you know, pace of play and everything and where guys line up on the field. And I think that's what makes sense with the two industries kind of coming together. And uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of that on the show today. Uh, we're talking about Super Bowl props. But what are you guys' thoughts on the Super Bowl overall? Obviously, we've got the uh, New England Patriots back in the damn dance again. Uh, we've got the L.A. Rams who are there, you know, with a bit of an asterisk, some would say. Uh, I still think it's exciting they're there. But how do you guys feel about the Super Bowl matchup? I do think it's exciting they're there. They they should not be there. Um, and yeah. I feel a little bit deprived of the – Breeze Brady Super Bowl that we're probably never going to get. I don't know. Maybe we get it next year. No, yeah, it's I mean, still out time there, is but... running out. That's the hard part for the Saints franchise and the way things have really gone down the last two years. You know, they get the Minnesota Miracle put on them uh, in the <laughs> right. 2017 playoffs. Then this year, obviously, the no call heard around the world uh, is, of course, going to keep them out of the Super Bowl this year. It's, it's a tough break for them. Yeah, I was upset. I had the Chiefs plus four in a teaser, and I'm like the rest of the world tired of seeing the Patriots. But man, you just got to give credit where it's due. Just ridiculous. For the sure. coaching, it's just unbelievable. And I'll be on them and laying the points. I was surprised when, before the conference championship games, that I had the NFC as slight favorites. It opened about a pick and now it's closely going to move to New England minus three. And I'll Is it minus take, three now? It's, it's, it's two and a half, but I'm okay. guessing it'll end at three. It's so moving. We're still within a field goal. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, because that's obviously important, moving from two and a half to three, and it's a high total as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it should be a good game and a, and a, a decent matchup. But um, man, the Patriots are just, it's annoying how long this dynasty has lasted. It's Last pretty time. hard for me to not like the plucky underdog Patriots in this <laughs> in, in this game. What a, right? a feel good story! <laughs> I like. Yeah, I mean, it, the fact that they've been there now, whatever this is, their ninth time, their nineteenth time, whatever it is, under these guys, um, they're so comfortable in yeah. the game. Golf has been so ordinary to occasionally bad over the last like seven or eight games. Um, and Todd Gurley, where? 
Where is Todd Gurley? Yeah. What's going on there? As much as they say that it's not an injury, it's got to be. Gotta I mean, be. it's obviously an injury because no no one in their right mind, certainly not one of the brightest coaches in the NFL, would play C.J. Anderson this many snaps when you have a reportedly healthy Todd Gurley. I mean, he's just obviously not healthy. That's sure, the ridiculous that offensive line is because, I mean, 350-pound right. right. C.J. Anderson just running <laughs> through wide open holes. It's crazy. Does C.J. Anderson weigh more right now than you, Dalton, and Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm pretty yeah. skinny right now. That's actually a really good prop. You guys um, both, what, south of 150? Uh, I'm pretty skinny right now yeah i am i'm 170 right now i'm like 140 oh my god yeah yeah i mean he might he might (laughs) (laughs) but you guys are both taller than him probably too you know what we're getting to the semantics of it but you know i I really think it's funny for me in this game i'm actually of of all the years that the patriots have been in the damn super bowl as much as i wanted to see the chiefs there because i really want andy reed to get a super bowl i love patrick mahomes who doesn't he's god incarnate at the quarterback position but I'm not as pissed off that the Patriots are are there this year as I normally am. (laughs) Normally, I'm annoyed that they're here. Uh, But for whatever reason, and maybe maybe it's because the Rams are there by unfortunate circumstances, I don't think I'm going to mind it too much if it's, you know, Brady and Belichick. And it just goes to show you they're just running circles around the rest of the league, and it's unbelievable. I mean, right now, this offense is not – I know this is the the narrative that Brady wants to push is we all think he sucks. We don't think he sucks, but or they suck or whatever, but they don't have a ton of real big X factors on offense. They're just great at situational football and they can execute a variety of different game plans. And then on defense, they're they don't have a star studded pass rusher. They don't have like a, you know, a Darius Leonard or, or something like that at linebacker, some young up and comer. They have good pieces in the secondary, but schematically they're really good they've gone from playing a very you know vanilla type of defense in the regular season to being press man blitz heavy in the postseason and it works Uh, the fact that they're so nimble in their game planning is super interesting in this one because they've been uh, obviously very like power run heavy last couple games i don't know if that's the approach against the rams i don't know if that's the approach that i expect them to take that's obviously a pretty like there's some pretty nice pieces on the rams defensive front right like what worked last week may not uh, may not be the game plan we see going forward and can someone tell brady that when people say the pats suck it means that they're insufferable not that they're bad at <laughs> right, football right. you know i think he's getting those a little bit confused but what's uh, speaking of the yeah, offense, we don't hate we don't hate your ability brady we just hate you to be clear much more they're off speaking of their offensive line though i said about the Run, um, the offensive lines, uh, man, theirs is pretty good too. The, the Patriots, they no sacks in, in the two playoff games, and I think the Chiefs had, had recorded like multiple every home game yep. this year. So I mean, it's just a clean yeah, pocket. Yeah, it is and actually, they, and they win always before it's the snap too. I mean, they, it's the offensive line, yeah. but it's also the matchups and just Brady, whatever he's. I know, went back and to. watched the coaches' film of that uh, Chiefs Patriots game, and like, I mean. Just they have guys wide open every play. If it's not one guy, it's two guys. You know, if it's not Edelman, I mean, how many? T- Bob Sutton obviously got fired after that game. Um, and, you know, they've got rumors Rex Ryan might be in contention for that job. Steve Spagnolo might be a heavy favorite. By the time you're listening to this, where you're going to look stupid because you, might, hire, you yeah. might already know. But, I mean, every third down in the fourth quarter, Edelman's getting wide open. How Plus can they you weren't do that? like third and three either. No. They were, like, they're third converting and third and tens yeah. all the time. But you mentioned. Should be listening to Romo. Yeah, right. All that was, I mean, Roma was peacock and hard <laughs> on, that, on that AFC championship game. But I do think that the run game of the Patriots versus the Rams defense, because Wade Phillips for years has, and I think this is smart in the long run, really conceded run defense, yeah. you know, allows like over four and a half yards per carry every year 
to play good coverage on the back end. Haven't really been able to do it this year with injuries, to pass rush, all that. Um, I think that's a key matchup. And that let's go ahead and transition that into some player props that we're getting from uh, Brett has provided us from oddsharks.com. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Sony Michelle. They've got his rushing yards over under uh, 115, or excuse me, over under 80.5 minus 115 odds there on the uh, on the over. How do you feel about that, Dalton? 80.5. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll take the over because I have them winning the game. I, as, I mean, as you guys said, the Rams don't prioritize rush defense. I think it's like 28th or 29th and run, D, run DVOA if you're into that. Um, I think Michelle keeps it rolling. It's really interesting. The Patriots, you know, you think of them, it's, uh, oh, the offense isn't the same as it was. But when you're running for 275 yards like they were doing toward the end, they're just doing it a different way. And why would right. you stop from Michelle now? I would be really surprised if this were a game in which, um, like, whatever, it's a Super Bowl. You can imagine a lot of different scenarios. I would be really surprised if the Rams just run away with it. And yeah. uh, and, and there's not much Sony Michelle. So um, I think I'd probably like the over on this one. Yeah, Sony Michelle really. And I, I think I would take the over there, too. It's probably the, the smarter of the bets, especially if you think that the Patriots are going to win the game naturally, they'll be. That's really, I mean, they came out and established the hell out of the run against the Chargers right. and then really continued it in Kansas City, which I think we all kind of expected them to do. And I know I've heard a lot of rumors that basically after they took Sony Michelle's, when they really realized, like, oh yeah, his knee's shot. So, like, let's just use him up get as much out of him as we can. The playoffs are the perfect time to really unleash a guy that you might not think has a long shelf life. For sure. Whatever. But on the Rams side, also their rushing props, of course, are really interesting. We were talking about Todd Gurley. His over-under is set at 72.5. And then conversely, C.J. Anderson is 49.5. We don't know exactly what the issue is with Todd Gurley, so I... Like I can't really say what what the what the meaning of two weeks mm-hmm. like uh, okay it's two more weeks of rest I don't know what his issue is um, like this is a perfect example to me where from something I say on Twitter all the time hashtag both things can be true I think that Todd Gurley is hurt I think he also was playing bad against the Saints I mean oh he's had terrible drops yeah like, the drop the first the first drop led to the interception the second one was a drive killer um and just in general he, you know he had a great game uh in their first playoff game yeah. in their win over Dallas like that's the hard thing to kind of figure if he's hurt why was he so explosive against Dallas something's wrong in the inflammation I would just definitely I mean definitely default on the under here I mean that I think they're going to be playing from behind as well but I think something's clearly not right. And I, I agree with what Matt said. Both can be true. He played sorry. And something's not going to be right until, until the offseason. I mean, I wouldn't bet it. I'll say, like, I'll say that if yeah. I were actually. He like, is going to be this fired is one up. I, you know, yeah. What yeah. about the Anderson one at 49 and a half? I, I'm taking the under on that yeah, one. Me too. I don't yeah, like Dalton said, I don't think they're going to be playing with the lead. I don't think they'll be in a position to establish the run. And yeah, I mean, look, honestly, I, I think the CJ Anderson story is it's really fun. Uh, it's yet another round of jokes we can really all make fun. on John yeah. Gruden, which is, of course, what everybody wants to do. <laughs> I mean, he's he's the freshest back in the league. He sat on the damn bench for Carolina all year. No, leading, leading rusher since week 16. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So I think it's a great story, but I think the Patriots will. We all know, of course, they t- try to take away what you do best. Right now, what the Rams are doing well, whether it's Gurley, whether it's Anderson, is they're running the ball really well. I think they will want to put – it's cliche, but I think they will want to put the ball sure. in Jared Goff's hands here. Yeah. It was cliche they're going to shut down Hill last week too. And, and they did. did. One <laughs> yeah, catch. Yeah. yeah. So It yeah. also goes to show – like I know Mahomes missed a lot of throws in that game, but it just goes to show his greatness too that 
I mean, I think he said we're going to score 30 points in the second half. Right. And oh, did. yeah. And, and was using Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, all these other guys. Take, taking out Tyreek Hill is particularly amazing because he— And Travis Kelsey, too. Those guys both had slow games. Hill is the sort of player that, like, you can say it and you can throw two guys at him, but he still has 4-2 speed, like low 4-2 speed. Um, yeah. It's one thing to say you want to take him away, but nobody can run with him. They were doing a decent job of it in their first meeting in New England early in the regular season, and then in the second half he really started to break some big plays. So. Yeah. One other one I want to bring up running back prop is, of course, not rushing yards, but total rushing and receiving yards for James White, noted playoff hero, noted oh, Super yeah. Bowl hero from a couple of years ago, uh, the rightful 2016 Super Bowl MVP, by the way. I, I will still Absolutely. stand for that because, yeah, for Tom sure. Brady, we hate you, uh, as we mentioned, 75 and a half. Total total yards for. I did James not White. have an insignificant, or at least for me, amount of money on Brady for MVP when I thought I was, you know, if, if the, <laughs> the Patriots are gonna win the game, of course Brady's gonna be MVP, and I was going nuts, the crazy comeback down twenty eight three. I was at my 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 dad's seventy fifth birthday party, going going wild, and they came back, won in overtime, drove it, and then you realize, and then I didn't realize, like, oh shit, James White deserves <laughs> MVP. Like, I, thought, I mean, the Patriots could have had this miraculous comeback and all my money. I still would have lost. I should have lost that bet. So that was crazy. And, and you guys are wrong. Brady, of course, he's handsome. He deserves <laughs> to win MVP. So we'll talk about it later. But again, here, if you like the Patriots, I mean, you might want to go just the Brady for MVP route and get like a little bit more juice there. Because if White didn't win that, I feel like the Patriots, if they win the game, it's going to be Brady. But I do apologize anyway. for overlooking his handsomeness. You're right. Thanks, You're yeah. quite right to call that out. Nobody yeah. ever talks Apology about it. <laughs> Apology accepted. Accepted. Um, what was there over 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 under here? Seventy five and a half. Right, yeah, that yards. sounds about right. I mean, I can we take the over on like every Patriots running back yardage total? I, don't know. I mean, Rex Burkhead twenty two and a half is the rushing yards. We've prop. got a we've got a three man kind of kind of weird but but uh, highly effective rotation right now. I'd, I'd probably take the under. Shout out to our our friend and colleague Scott Pianowski because I, I love when I can tell that Scott is just totally over a player and some of his Rex Burkhead <laughs> tweets during the AFC Championship. I was like, oh yeah. He's he's a little tired of seeing old Rex back there when you've got James White and uh, and Sony Michelle, and I guess I can understand it to uh, a certain point. Scott also has a thing like when the entire fantasy industry loves um, the guy. buzzes about a guy. That's what I appreciate about Scott. Yes, I, I feel for the sure. same way. When everybody loves something, I, even if I don't want to do it, my natural inclination is yes. is to hate it. Yeah, unless it's yeah you know, Mahomes or something. When again, I don't go against God unless that's, it's George my, Kittle. Well, of course. Speaking Natural. of God. Yeah, speaking of God. <laughs> uh, released his son. Uh, this podcast is offensive now. Let's move on. Let's move on to some wide receiver uh, props, or at least some receiving ones in general. Revenge game for Brandon Cooks, guys. What do you think about o- over, <laughs> under? This, Brandon Cooks, second straight revenge Brandon Cooks, game. second straight revenge game. Oh, that's right. Uh, here. Unbelievable. Uh, so his, his, uh, his receiving prop, five receptions, over, under. What do you think there? Oh, man. Because um, I, sa- I said earlier that, of course, the Rams, the thing that they do best right now is running the football. That's probably what Belichick is going to want to stop down. You look at the receiver situation, though. Maybe he has a lot of respect for Cooks. Maybe he doesn't because he just right. kind of traded them away kind of unceremoniously. And, and honestly, they, they missed him all year, too, to, to be frank. Is he a guy that Belichick looks to shut down, you know, put Stefan Gilmore yeah. on? And does that I mean, I feel like the two things the Rams do really well are huge splash plays, or at least like in the early season they did, and obviously uh, running the football and getting the football to the running backs. Um, like, I feel like if they're going to win this game, it's going to be a lot of protracted drives, short stuff. Um, I'm not saying they're going to win this game, but I, I think he probably goes over here. I think it's probably a modest yardage, but high, higher reception total for him. 
Yeah, hopefully Cooks isn't concussed right away like he was in last the, um, Super Bowl. Uh, right. Yeah, it's last Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I'm with uh, with Matt saying that Gilmore might be on him, but Woods has been playing the slot more, so I'm probably just going to fade the Rams altogether here. Most most unders here, Cooks. Uh, uh, whatever, it's about right. I mean, I don't that that number is right. He probably averaged around there this season, but I'll go under just to be different than Andy. <laughs> yeah, Woods Woods props seventy four and a half receiving yards. I could see him going over that. But yep. the one player I want to highlight from the Rams uh, is a guy I really, really like and I think could be really good going forward is Gerald Everett. Oh, he well. is a talented player. I mean, Higby's good enough that he's never just going to fully overtake that tight end position. The offense is so crowded overall. But his line is uh, 24 and a half receiving yards. I, I'm going to sneaky take the over on that Gerald Everett line. The Patriots linebacker crew is slow. Their safety group is, I think, going to be more focused on those wide receivers. If we're thinking Cooks gets shut down and, you know, the run game might get shut down at some point, I think the ball is going to find I'm a sucker Everett. for situations like this when a guy can get it in one catch. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And he's probably yeah, he only going to get two or three, but man, um, yeah, he can get this. I, I recall it was at the end of his rookie season, like a like a drunken night in Chicago with Evan Silva. And he and I had like a 45 minute. Con- it felt like a 45 minute conversation anyway about <laughs> Gerald Everett. Um, oh, yeah. And we we're both just big fans. Yeah. Like he's a you know, the tight end position is such that we we commonly see guys not really blow up until their second contract. And he just feels like a really strong candidate for that. Yeah, we're me. all thirsty for like a new, exciting tight end. Yes. This. Yeah. And, and don't worry about snaps and look at tight ends like Higby had a ton more a couple weeks ago, but they were like dominating the the Cowboys and he's more of a run blocker. And again, I project them to be playing from behind. So I like that one. I said under on Rams, but I'm with you on the over here forever. All right. And, and last receiver prop I want to talk about. We got to talk about another tight end, Rob Gronkowski. 40 or 54 and a half over under receiving yards. Do you think we see a big Gronk game? He came up in the clutch, you know, wasn't open, of course, because he's, you know, a freaking right tackle at this point. But <laughs> right. I mean, he's blocking well still. He's, yeah, he's blocking well. We don't have any run blocking props, though, here, no. Dalton. Right. So, okay, so. Uh, 54 and a half. You guys taking the over or under on Gronk there? I would feel better about um, banking on a touchdown from Gronk than I do a, a yardage total. Yeah. Um, not a particularly yeah. explosive player after the catch at this stage and doesn't exactly get, get a ton of at least the kind of vintage separation that he used to get. So I'd probably go under here. It's crazy if Casey's not lined up outside, you know, that interceptions maybe like off Gronk's hand and maybe he retires. And but now here we are talking yeah, about yeah. his Super Bowl performance. Well, it's I just, mean, shoot, if they're not offsides, then Brady throws three interceptions in that game and Gronk is a disaster. And yeah, it's a, it's a wildly different narrative. It's yeah, crazy. But I, I would fade him, fade Gronk. Here. He just does not look nearly the same player. I mean, he's talking about retirement for a reason. It's a game of inches, uh, as they as say, saying, yeah. fellas. Uh, let's do quarterback props real quick. Um, I mean, I think with Tom Brady, the line is 300 and a half passing yards. Do you see this as if we're talking about this being more of a run dominated game? That's a high number for Brady. Yeah, I I feel wrong taking, you know, the over on some Patriots running backs and then also taking the over on passing yardage. So I'd I'd probably take the under. I mean, shoot. Because I I think this total is kind of high in general. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Last Super Bowl, though, what, uh, 505? It was an explosion, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty good game. Um, <laughs> but I, it's not going to be the same game script, I would I would assume. So I'd, I'd take the under here. Yeah, if you're betting Brady, I say bet Super Bowl MVP plus 110 if you like the, the Pats. Yeah. If you're going Brady. That's what I do. Yeah. I, I and then James that. White, watch him catch 18 balls. <laughs> Still <win. laughs> Yeah, you'll never, I mean, listen, as long as Brady has a good game in a Super Bowl and they win, he's going to win right. the damn MVP. It's unbelievable. I kind of like Jared Goff in this game, guys. He made a couple big-time throws. Uh, against the Saints. Uh, obviously, again, the asterisks, of course, with the no call and all that, but he made some onions 
throws. And they, I mean, well, real onions is Greg, Greg DeLeg and, and making those, <laughs> those last couple kicks. But, uh, by the way, I tweeted a couple pictures from the fantasy handle of just, you know, Greg Zerline and just a big basket of onions. Yeah. Yeah. And people did not get the joke. Like really? literally people in the, that work on our social team are slacking me like, I don't understand what this means. Our people didn't get the joke. Our people did wow. not get the joke. Okay. Not, not our inner circle family wise. Like, you know, I mean, I think Brad probably got the joke, but <laughs> Liz probably got the joke. But I mean, you know, I'm talking about the people that work in Playa. I think it was weird because it was, it was like some chopped onions. I, I, I didn't know if you wanted to like go away from the imagery of like. Like whole onions, I think if it were like a, a bowl. It, of, oh, it was a, the second one. Oh, okay. Was it not like a bushel oh, basket? The of only onions? one I remember. It was a bushel basket onions. of onions. Okay, oh, I I remember seeing one. It was maybe a, listen, Brett. I don't right. answer to you. You like, stick to you stick to the podcast. <laughs> you are like right that's to that's call why I don't talk that. I don't talk that much. Well, like <laughs> that that game obviously had a crazy ending, and it's just going to get lost. That Greg Zerline kicked a fifty-seven yard overtime field goal to yeah. win the damn game and go to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Well, we're talking kickers heavy in a second, but <laughs> twenty-three and a half over under completions for Jared Goff. I think I'm going to take the over on that. Oh one. man, he made some. Like I said, made some big throws. I think that you guys are right. The Patriots will probably gain the early lead. The Rams will be playing in negative game script. I kind of like the line there for Goff. Yeah, I can't like take the under on Gurley and then um, not take the over on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's completions too, right? So I'm not saying he's going to be dicing it up for big yardage or anything like that. Um, I just think, you know, maybe they use a lot of short bubble screens, some high percentage stuff. Maybe they try to get, if Gurley's more healthy, they try to get him going early with some screens, some stuff like that. I mean, the, oh my God, the damn Chiefs, like the one time they call a screen, they take it for a freaking touchdown. That was the thing I'm like, just, right. I'm at, I rarely am I at home, like upset about play calling because I think I'm a, which is more balanced human being than that. But I'm sitting there on my couch like, Charlie, don't you think they should uh, They should be calling some screens here? <laughs> I know, so is, An- is Andy Reid good, bad? What is he? I mean, he's just good at, great at some things and then frustrating others, I guess, is the answer. I think he's a great I think he's a. I mean, I think he's a top five head coach in the NFL. Um, I mean, the bar is not yeah, very yeah, high there. Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah he is. I but agree. I think that he has some long-standing holes in his. He, in his he's game. pretty clearly a great team builder. Great at establishing a system. Right? And the bi-week record just has to show preparation. Something. Yeah, right? guys love him too. I mean, yeah, right. Everybody. It, it is weird him. when a when a coach who's so good has some very well-known and well-established weaknesses that never improve over the course of a long coaching career that's a little bit strange weird, yeah. um but i agree with you he's, he's certainly a top five head coach yeah but you're right to bring it up all right let's move on away from the super bowl again we are going to get to our pro bowl dfs uh breakdown <laughs> but that's first i have a really complicated uh like sound drop for it i've been kind of mixing it like sourcing many different forms of audio for it so i'm, I'm excited to play that drop later yeah, yeah we're go- we are going to get to it stay tuned but before that Let's talk. Andy Barons, you just wrote a highly controversial piece. <laughs> the streets are talking about your latest article. Boy, are they? Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, doesn't it have like 50 comments on the website? Yeah, I don't, I don't like to brag. I don't like to post. Yeah, you we, do. Yeah, you do. Anyways, the title we of it is... We all know that it's dominated multiple news cycles, especially with not really much going on in the world. Yeah, I mean... If you don't like to brag and boast, you must have been having a miserable time at this conference. <laughs> that's all you've been doing the entire time you've been here. All right, anyway. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the title of the article is, Should We Ban Kickers in Fantasy Football? A straight question. And, and you talk about it in the piece. The streets were really talking a few weeks back. Heavy hitters like Matthew Barry were talking about... Heard of him. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, 
Should we ban kickers? Other people, I know Jake Seeley, our pal from the Athletics. This is a long time Jake Seeley uh, thing. Yeah, well, and I, yeah. I, I do like I do want to give him credit. Credit, I guess, credit for starting being the, being the father of the movement, right? That other people have jumped on. And you know, some some other guy uh, at Yahoo Noise, <laughs> small small family base, Brad you know, has mom and pop shop, really taken this up. Over yeah, the last he, couple he years tweeted, now. "Eliminating kickers in the Yahoo game is my top priority." Let's make this the industry standard. I also want to say, didn't we have a whole meeting with our product people? I'm not sure Brad was didn't bring it up. Didn't bring, he it, didn't up. bring it up. We had two solid hours with him. I mean, I know Brad said afterwards, like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep on the, I'm going to, I'm getting a little tired here. So maybe he was just a little groggy uh, here and there. <laughs> Drinks may have been consumed. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he brought it up. But anyway, so people are, people are talking about this. But you, Andy Barons, you asked the question, should we ban the kicker? But you have a pretty definitive answer in this piece, do you not? Oh, I do not think that we should ban kickers um, as a sort of general bit of fantasy philosophy when I'm setting up leagues, right? Like I just like all of the things that we can account for that matter in the real life version of the game to be in the fantasy version of the game. I under, like, I understand maybe if you're playing DFS and you just don't want, you know, if there's, um, if the stakes are such that you don't want any position like this, that does tend to have high week to week variance being in the mix. Like I get it fine. You want to eliminate it in DFS, but in season long, there's just no way I do it. Um, no way. Kick, like, Kicking uh, the entire history of the game, right, has been basically the defining action of American football for well over 100 years, right? Kicking before there was passing, kicking before there was helmets, all this. Um, it has never not been part of the game. They call it football for a reason, folks. Right, there we go. Um, we just talked about Zerline. Like, it's not, it, it's not a case where there aren't – not every kicker is the same. This isn't some, like, totally fungible – I mean, I'm a Bears fan, and I fully get that not every kicker is the same, right? Zerline is great. It's an important skill. Um, I, I just hate to see it vanish when there are there are some broken things about it, though. Like I think we score terribly for kickers, right? Like I'm not I'm not big on like the five point field goal. That just seems weird to me. Why can't we just make it more specific? Thirty one yarder, three point one, forty eight yarder, four point eight, like yardage for players. I don't, I'm a nerd though. Like I mean, that may be too detailed for you, but why not that? Hmm. I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate it as long as we're ki- as long as we're keeping them around. Yeah. Right. All right. Continue. So here's my thing. And, you know, I said this earlier when somebody has like when a lot of people have an opinion, my first instinct is to push back, uh, be the contrarian because I'm just a broken human being at my <laughs> core. <laughs> so when I see everybody talk about the we got to ban kickers. To me, my thing is, oh, you guys are just whining because like, it's tough oh, to I complain. See a community though. of like-minded people forming. I must attack. Let's that. shatter that. Yeah, let's break that. They, they can't all possibly be right because <laughs> human beings are way too stupid to come to a, a smart conclusion and all agree. Fair. So initially, my first thought is, I want to be on your side about this whole not banning kicker situation. But if I'm going to take a strong opinion here, which I don't really want to, because I don't honestly don't really care <laughs> one way or another. But the one thing I'd push back on you is, so you say that. You in the in the game in the article you literally say fantasy should mirror the real game in reality kicking is critical. Well, in reality kicking is critical. There's no doubt about it. But I, I don't think fantasy football really resembles real football at all. I mean, there are players that are good in fantasy uh, that are not good players in real life. It, I mean, does talent even matter in in fantasy? That that's a thing we discuss on the not we I discuss on this podcast all the time. Chris Harris and I fight to the death over it every time that we get together. It's a it's a real right. treat. But I don't really think that mirroring the real game is all that important. Um, I like 
I like trying to fix some of those other broken places, though, too, right? Like, this is the longtime Blake Bortles problem, Mm -hmm. right? It had a tremendous fantasy. What was he, like the QB4, something like that? Was he QB2? He was like a top, he was... He was certainly he, top is, five quarterback in a season in which he led the league in interceptions, fumbles, and yeah. time sacked. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was a, an unambiguous, absolutely atrocious quarterbacking season, and he was among the most important fantasy assets. Right, like that was bad, but there are also things that we can do to fix quarterback scoring. Sure, that, that would rectify that. No, I get it. Um, I well now you're re- now you're really ter- talking about tearing down the whole system. <laughs> Which is, which is, I mean, I could get behind that. Don't, don't worry about it. But and a little part of me just wanted to sort of rage against Jake. To be well, I, nobody can blame <laughs> you for that. Um, but I think, I think that I can see the argument for banning them beyond just the fact that because I do think like, oh, I can't really predict them. Like, give me a break. That's not a good enough argument. The one thing that really sticks with me is is um, people who want to get rid of them say all the time that the scoring is random, and that is like that's. I don't, think that word means what you think it means right like it's not totally random when you look at the especially in season long you look at the kickers who lead our game in scoring and There's they some do the most, relatively closely align with, with who are actual good kickers the I, highest scoring offenses and the best kickers yeah. our uh i don't know if i could say friend but uh <laughs> associate of the show denny carter has yes. actually done a really good job of showing that kickers are one of the most predictable positions year to year week to week um so really that argument just doesn't Hold up. I think it anecdotally, God, see, now I'm coming around to your side here. I'm, I didn't <laughs> want to do this. I wanted to fight against you for the quality of the show. But I think that, yeah, they are pretty stable year over year, week over week. So the idea that they're not predictable, I think, is mostly just fueled by anecdotes of like some random goofball kicker getting signed off the street yes. and then, you know, banging in six field goals one week. And it's the one time a year that we get like the Rob Baronis game or the Myers game this year where I mean, it's just it's highly unusual for any kicker to ever attempt like six, seven field goals in a game. It happens basically once a season. And people flip out about it. And I like the point you made of the advocates say, well, we should add an extra flex. And you say, well, why can't you do both? Yeah, both things can be true. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, because nothing is nothing is worse than losing your fantasy matchup. Like, oh, cool. I nailed my streaming quarterback. Um, I picked the right running backs. Uh, All my receivers got good targets. But like this joker that I'm playing against, his kicker banged in 30 points like and, and i'm gonna lose it because that that's a tough loss S- similarly to and I, to mirror the real game here maybe this maybe this actually helps your case is you know some football players will say like i mean us big you know strapping men went out and bought fought in the trenches for uh 59 minutes and then in the last minute the kicker comes in and ruins the game for us or or wins the game for us and you know that's what we leave it down to i know ross tucker foreign players he, he, he talks about that i i had almost written uh, an additional subhead in the article about how I mean, obviously, kickers don't sort of fall into the toxic masculinity of uh, uh, of much of what we like in uh, uh, the rest of the NFL, right? So I think that's a little part of it. But I don't want to I don't want to put that on Jake. I don't feel like that's Jake's argument. I don't feel like that's Barry's argument. I don't feel like it's Brad's argument. I think no, they literally just had a bad experience with a kicker one time. Yeah, you can't let one one rotten apple spoil the bunch. But uh, it's all right. So I have no idea where I stand on the subject now. I felt <laughs> like I wanted to fight against you. Now maybe I agree with you. Anyways, go to our website, Yahoo, and read the piece there, yahoo.com slash fantasy football, and you can read all of Andy's great work uh, stumping for the kicker position. Last thing, uh, before we get to our in-depth Pro Bowl uh, <laughs> review and breakdown, uh, before we before we do that, one thing I want to hit on before we get out of here uh, is just a piece that I wrote for the website, uh, most recent piece about I've been doing a whole series on the most pressing question that each team has to answer. Uh, the one I put up on 
literally while I was up in the air, uh, wrote it on the plane, uh, as we're flying to Tampa, is the most pressing question for each AFC South team. And going from worst to first in the division, start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think their most pressing question is who are we and where are we? And what I mean by that is I think coming into the 2018 season offensively and defensively, just as an organization, I think they had a more clear identity than probably about 80% of the league. But coming out of this season, I don't know what they are. And I think it starts at the the player that they would love to have told you coming into this year that they want to build their offense around Leonard Fournette. Like, you know, he's 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 got a grievance against the team because they're trying to take away his guaranteed money. Coughlin put out this puts out this statement of like we were embarrassed by him, which like nobody asked for. That was a situation where they could have just said nothing and nobody would have known anything was right, wrong. But they right. publicly made it a thing. Where do you guys feel like we're gonna be with Fournette? You know, five months from now. I'm just upset that I I fell for his off season workouts and and didn't hurt him too much for his injuries, man. I mean, what the injury predictor had him by far the, the biggest risk in the first rounders. I don't know. I, I depends where he goes uh, in drafts. I, it sounds like they, they cleared the air. I expect him to be back. Yeah. Right? I, I would think he's going to be back. Yeah. It It is crazy though, that that was, you're, you're totally right about this. That was the very clear identity of their team. And now they, they sure seem to hate the guy at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, it, it's also incredible that like, that is the most pressing question about, a team that has a glaring hole at the most important well, position. Well, I think it's all all <laughs> encompassing. The albatross of the Blake Bortles, you know, just mistake and then doubling down on the mistake yes. going into this year. That, of course, is the real core of the problem. This is just a, like a, the Fournette thing is just a symptom of their long, larger lack of identity. I don't think there's a single Jaguar like sitting here right now pretending that it's next week in January, but it's actually this week in January. <laughs> um, you know, I think this is, I don't want to touch a single Jaguar in fantasy next year. Right. I think you can feel pretty good coming out of a draft if you don't have any Jaguars on your roster. Like this, this is almost an unanswerable question, obviously, until we know who the quarterback is and whether we have any faith in the quarterback next year. And it's almost going to have to be a rookie because of their salary cap situation. They are yeah. one of, they and the Eagles are the two teams right now that are over the salary cap going to the 2019 offseason. They have to make, they, there are some cuts like Marcel Darius, they can get off the books and whatever. Um, but there are some other harder questions that they have to ask themselves. I kind of like Didi. I think I'll draft Didi in a few leagues this okay. year. But then again, nice I love Keelan Cole, so don't don't listen to me. When, when guys <laughs> I was show. a Keelan Cole guy coming yeah. this year too, and that did not work out very well. Um, I talk about possible solutions within this uh, within this article, but we're just going to ask the questions and, and move right on. Next one, Tennessee Titans. And I think their most pressing question is how do we feel about Marcus Mariota? Dalton, you and I talked about this with Liz a couple episodes. Um, I think they have to – look at alternatives not replacing him this year but thinking about grooming somebody for the future because i think he's proven to be a guy that is average you know maybe the matt stafford level or a little bit worse and you guys know how excited i was about mario to coming into this year i think this season really revealed that you can't count on him health wise i don't think you really count on him performance wise a rookie's not going to outplay him this year you're not going to spend on a free agent but i think you know you get a guy that maybe you can start to groom because you don't want to be given marcus mariota a big time quarterback contract and it seems like different injury every year. And he's, yeah. even if he's not missing games, he's playing at far less than, than 100%. So to me, yeah, moving on and, and seeing what else is out there at this point, it would be really tough to rely on him. I fully bought in on that offense under LaFleur with Mariota at the head. Like, I liked everything that LaFleur was saying about catering to the talents of his players. Yeah, I mean, some of the Mariota story has to do with injuries, but but the numbers that he puts up week to week are just, they just don't even fit like in this era. 
Um, no. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it it is the glaring mm. question. Um, he he seems like a great guy. Yeah, right? like I don't well, want to root against. Well, him. if you're a Mariota advocate, which I don't consider myself to be anymore, you could also say that this offense. I think people forget how hamstrung they went into the year i mean Corey davis is really their only proven playmaker remember richard matthews like remember when yeah. he was on this team and then he just went awol that was weird camp. yeah delaney walker who i think is probably their most important receiver gets hurt in week one is out for the year taewon taylor was like a promising guy in training camp gets hurt for most of the year too you could really argue that Mariota is playing with one hand tied but also right tackle jack conklin tours acl against the freaking patriots in last year's playoffs so you could argue that maybe you give Mariota. a fr- that's why i don't think you get rid of him yet but you at least start to think about a contingency plan. Yeah, the Walker loss was huge. Yeah. Um, and I, I had entirely, it feels like it happened, you know, nine years ago. But uh, th- that was absolutely huge. And then, you know, it, Delaney Walker is how old? Um, He's old now, too. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be a tough we, injury we've to come seen back his best, you know. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. You guys going to be in on Corey Davis? Obviously, he'll be hyped. I mean, <laughs> depends on cost. Yeah. This, this year, I think he was kind of priced at a ceiling already. I don't really see him going any less than that because he had an okay year while getting a lot of a lot of volume. You know, air yards, targets, red zone targets, all of it looked good on the periphery for Davis. And he had some pretty big games, but was inconsistent with, again with this with this entire offense. I mean, Mariota had nice games this year, you know, against the Eagles noticeably, against the uh, the Texans, but also had games where he was I mean outrageously bad, like in, in their loss to the Colts in, in uh, earlier in the season, like week eleven some real real duds there yeah i i think davis well i mean he's he's still a young player and and he can be better than this eventually like guys get better but um he he has to this point been a guy who can be erased by a great corner too yeah that's all he faced a lot of them yeah i mean yeah that's also very true yeah crazy run let's uh let's jump through these last two teams before we break down the pro bowl um and this one comes in (laughs) i'm I'm really still ready i'm just ready to go my fingers (laughs) on the button okay okay good you're prepped though that's that's good that's good because we're gonna we're gonna need a big hype drop for that um the indianapolis colts who i mean we're kind of the story of the second half of the season, I mean, are way ahead of schedule right now. After a one and five start, they breeze into the AFC playoffs course before a tough loss in Kansas City, which I think should have been more expected than it was. I think their most pressing question to answer is where do we need the most difference makers? And the Colts have a lot of flexibility. They have two second round picks. They obviously have their first round pick. Um, they have more cap room than any other team. They have a lot of ability to add difference makers but do they want to do it on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball now selfishly for fantasy i think we want them to chase after big names yeah in the draft and in in free agency but does anybody jump out to you guys as as a as an ad for the colts the easy one of course is Le'Veon bell i think people will make that will make that connection but uh, that, con- Mac- that connection has a lot to do with Le'Veon just kind of wanting to be there though right. um it is not a glare like mac was good Mac was um, good. Yeah. Mac, Mac was certainly not a problem, and they're, they're in an ideal situation where they have a really good running game without spending any money on it. Exactly. The thing is, they just have so much money to spend. Yeah, they have the offensive line though that you don't need a special back too. True. So right. yeah, I don't, maybe another wide receiver is the obvious one, right? If you get, uh, a couple I mean, suggestions that I made: Golden Tate, his contract is up. He may or may not be back with the Eagles, even though they did give up a third round pick for him. That never really clicked even though he made some big plays uh in the playoffs big, for them. really big postseason player though like for they, sure they got it figured out i i guess but the, the weird thing about the golden tate trade to me was that that felt like not really what they needed to begin with which was totally they needed a vertical they were needed a vertical threat which 
Another player I think could be good for uh, people will not be surprised to hear me say this, but a vertical threat I think the Colts could use in free agency is John Brown, who started the year off really well before Flacco faded. And of course, then they went to a prehistoric offense. John Brown catching passes from Andrew Luck, you know, two speedsters there with T.Y. Hilton and uh, John Brown from that's, Andrew Luck. That's, that's just that's, a great name that I had not considered. That's a yeah, fantastic be, name. I would love it. Listen, anytime I can try to put John Brown in a good home, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And his um, numbers look so suppressed because for obvious reasons. I mean, they just completely ignored him the second half of the year. It's um, a weird, yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't throw the ball yeah, to anybody. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Great. Maybe, maybe maybe the presence out there of Antonio Brown as a as a trade ship changes this, but it's a pretty boring class of receivers who yeah. are going to find new homes. Dante Moncrief's out there again. Yeah. Real little reun- <laughs> yeah, little reunion yeah, tour. Exactly. I mean, yeah, again, the Colts have a hundred Seventeen point four million to, in space to spend right now. I don't see Chris Ballard becoming a free wheeler and dealer. And let's again, not to mention that, as much as we might like them to add a nice offensive piece, they could go young in the draft and spend money on defense because there are free agents. You know, and Dominican Sue will be out there. Ezekiel Ansa, Kareem Jackson, Earl Thomas, Lamarcus Joyner, the Honey Badger. All those guys, I could see maybe the Colts beef up that defense that was you know very bend don't break last year and make a run for it. I mean, it's a good team. Yeah, it's it's a damn good team for sure. Last team in the division, uh, Houston Texans, uh, of course, the winners of the AFC South. Uh, it's crazy, you know. They ha- despite a, a game where they or a season where they won their division, they had a nine game win streak. They did it all year with a clear and pressing weakness, and I think obviously this is the question to answer: How do we fix an offensive line in one off season? <laughs> It, it is almost impossible to do, right? Like it's got to be a draft priority and it's got to be a free agency priority. You always have to overpay for offensive linemen in free agency. It's and spoiler alert, there are, are not a lot of good options. Roger Saffold from the Rams, you know, Mike right. like If you have a great like, one, you don't let him get to exactly. the open market. The luck, the good thing for them is they do have 67 and a half a million dollars in cap space right now, but they do have to figure out what they're going to do with Jadavian Clowney going forward. And they can also get Demarius Thomas's $14 million cap hit off the books so we'll see if they can pull it off but yeah so the texans have a lot of room to operate but like we're saying andy the solution is not going to be easy to find in free agency but hopefully for deshaun watson's sake to help him kind of i think he was really good this year even though he ended with a total dud uh against the colts Let's just see him get some more pass protection. Yeah, Deshaun, it was coming out of the Cowboys game, right? That he um, he just had a, a, a series of weeks where he was clearly hurting. There was a, there was a time where he, he couldn't, couldn't fly. fly. Yeah, yeah, right? Like he <laughs> yeah. couldn't board a commercial airline. Um, anyways, but yeah, so that is going to do it for uh, our little wrap-up segment on the AFC South. Maybe we'll talk about these on the pod going forward, or maybe you can just read them online. If you still like to read words on the internet, you can find them. Uh, I'll be tweeting them out here or there. And the, but anyway, so... Um, Look, look, yeah, I, sorry. We do we, we no. do we have time to review the Pro Bowl? We, no, we yeah we we're we're getting kicked out of my hotel room right now. So you're, come on, wow, that's we're yeah. assume oh, by this uh, time that Mitch Trubisky has already won the Pro Bowl MVP. Hey man, can't argue with the facts. Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, but anyways, yeah, check out our uh, our we'll be do we'll do a live show here in Tampa uh, to review the Pro Bowl. So by the time you hear this, uh, it's too late. <laughs> anyways, so that's gonna do it for this episode of the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast for Dalton Del Don, for Andy Barons, for me Matt Harmon, and all your friends at Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll chat with you all on the other side.